0: Stocks getting slammed yesterday, and there are at least two reasons why. Plus, a giant earnings parade on tap today, all the big tech names. And then finally, the tech hearings. What did we really learn when Zuck and Jack Dorsey with the beard and Sundar Pichai talked in front of the senators? This is The Market Wake Up by Yahoo Finance. I'm Andy Serwer, along with Emily McCormick and Javier David. Well, all of a sudden, the stock market is a grim place to be, you guys. And obviously, COVID has something to do with it. Stimulus as well. But is this anything really new, Emily? Or maybe it is.
1: (laughs) Andy, I think at this point, it really is about COVID and about the specter of even more lockdowns and restrictions actually taking place. And if we take a look at the play-by-play of what we saw in the markets yesterday, a lot of it lined up with the announcements that we got out of France and out of Germany when it came to more restrictions. And namely, we had French President Emmanuel Macron saying yesterday evening in, uh, in Paris, essentially, that the country will be going back into lockdown starting this Friday through December 1st. The virus, of course, having spread there and throughout Western Europe at a pace... That has just accelerated over the past couple of weeks. And then taking a look at Germany, we had that country, which, of course, is Europe's largest economy, announcing plans to shut down bars, restaurants, theaters and gyms to also curb the spread there. So just taking a look at really what's coming to pass here, a lot of concerns that something similar might happen even on a voluntary basis. We think about individual businesses in the U.S. or individual cities that might actually choose to enforce more restrictions on certain business activities in order to try and curb the spread of the coronavirus and just taking a look at what actually happened in markets I mean we had the Dow down more than three percent the Nasdaq and S&P 500 also down by well over three and a half percent taking a look at the margin of that decline on the Dow at least worst day that we've seen since June so again going back to that sell-off that we had at the beginning of the summer A lot of this tracking, again, in line with the pandemic, with those case counts, with those hospitalization, ICU counts, and just this confluence of concern here with stimulus not likely to happen until after the election.
2: Yeah, Emily, there there are a few things happening here. I think, first of all, we almost have to wonder what happened to the vaccine trade, right? We had, for a very long time, um, had taken it for granted that investors were mollified by the idea that um, the... Glide path that we have toward a vaccine, which, by the way, is still very much um, unchanged and on pace to um, have something uh, by the end of the year. Uh, But it seems as if investors are that that's not enough for investors now. Like, I think that by and large, there was an expectation uh, and perhaps a not unreasonable one that by this time we would still. Um, By the time we got to the end of the year, we would probably have a little bit better of a handle on these infections. And the fact that we're kind of like in this, um, what Dr. Anthony Fauci told us at the beginning of the week uh, was a a law, actually not even a second wave, but an elongated first wave. We never really got control of the first wave. And now it's just worsening and feeding on itself. Um, I think that investors, a couple of things that sort of stick out here. Um, Also, Charlie Gasparino, um, who's at Fox Business, actually tweeted um, on Wednesday that his belief or some of his sources said uh, there is now a growing fear that uh, there's a narrowing in the polls and that President Trump, um, while he may not win, um, the disputed election scenario that takes us beyond November 3rd, the lack of clarity is now back on the table. And some investors are unwinding those trades that were largely associated with a very clear, unambiguous win for uh, former Vice President Joe Biden and a, the, the blue wave scenario. Um, so we're looking like you know there's a growing possibility that this may end up in court after all. So there are all of these things playing out here, um, but you, you you almost have to wonder, um, whether the prospect of a vaccine that lands by the end of the year is going to be enough for investors. How much more of these dramatic sell-offs are we going to be asked to endure? Um, how much can the public, um, where we're at the point where a threshold at which um, investors just are, 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 are really getting really nervous about the fact that we haven't gotten a hold of this, this, this viral infection yet. And there's no end in sight.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you know, I think the case daily cases were at 40,000 back in June, uh, maybe July. Now they are 70, as you guys were saying. So there's that. I think, you know, well, The notion that someone at Fox, Fox Business, even though, right, is saying the election is getting closer. maybe we discount that a little bit. But, you know, that's sort of to be expected, you know, like that. That's just it seems to just happen. You know, things just don't stand pat. Although other polls, Javier, of course, show that uh, Vice President Biden's lead is fairly constant. Although I have to say a lot of all those. I'm I'm not buying it. I, I, I think this no one can call this now. And I think that there is real uncertainty about the outcome and understanding and knowing when uh, we know who will be their next president. Now, back to this other, I think, very important point, too, that Emily raised about if Trump loses. So in other words, if the market's betting that Biden is going to win and then we have a lame duck Trump time between now and the inauguration, that Donald Trump will be reluctant will be reluctant to uh, get behind the stimulus package. That he will say, the heck with it. Not me. Why should I help Sleepy Joe? Why should help I help Joe Biden? Why should I help the Democrats? And by the way, Mitch McConnell may feel the same way as well. Of course, this presupposes Joe Biden wins. I have to say, even the fact that we're considering this or that the market's scared of this does not speak well of Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell. And if you go back to 2008, when the world was falling apart, okay. And, um, George Bush was exiting, right. And John McCain lost the election. And so we knew that Obama was going to be the next president, right? George Bush and Hank Paulson and the rest worked very hard in those late fall months to try to support the economy, they transitioned and worked with Barack Obama. There was no question that W was not going to try to do his best to get the economy afloat. And the very fact that we're now, OK, slightly different guy didn't lose the election. But to me, that doesn't matter at all. The very question that we're asking this or wondering about it or that the market is scared of this is really unconscionable. Now, President Trump would probably respond, how do you know, what do you know? And first of all, I'm gonna win, and second of all, if I don't, of course I'm gonna try to help America. Well, we don't know, that remains to be seen. But that fear, you guys, that fear is definitely out there and it's definitely in the market and it's definitely not helping stocks right now. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the earnings parade. A lot of big names out last night, but the real main event is today with Apple, Amazon, Facebook and Twitter. Jack Dorsey with the beard. Wow. Um, anything to take away, Javier, from from last night? First of all, we would Pinterest, Etsy, Visa and, and Ford. I don't know if there's a trend or you could talk a little bit about that and then maybe get into the, the big text if you'd like.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the trend here is one that we've been talking about um, ad infinitum on the show for the last several months, which is a lot of these companies stronger than expected. That's the the name of the day, the name of the game and the order of the day. Pinterest beats on quarterly sales. Ford really blew the doors off the the barn, um, the doors off of the barn. Sorry. Um, And even a lowly beaten down Boeing, we saw on Wednesday, they too um, managed to defy expectations. They've been obviously um, grappling with um, the COVID-19 crisis as well as the 737 MAX, which has been idled now for the better part of two years. Um, Everyone is really sort of outperforming or overperforming. um, And that is what we expect from a lot of these big tech names that are going to report on Thursday. Um, I think the bar at this point, I think, is set pretty high. Um, they will I'm, anything that indicates weakness or miss would be utterly catastrophic, I think, for the stocks and certainly for a market that's really completely addled and unnerved by the prospect of uh, the growing coronavirus outbreaks, but um, it really is quite remarkable when you look at the numbers um, and, and again, Refinitif, which has been keeping score on this um, says that, you know, there have been, you know, we, the, the ratio that they keep of positive um, guidance as opposed to negative um, well above the historical average um, companies by and large are more than outperforming expectations. Um, but, we at this point, it's like the third quarter is is in the rearview mirror and in large measure, uh, some of this is old hat. So we're in the fourth quarter, um, but we are clearly seeing weakening in terms of high frequency data. Um, we are clearly uh, in the throes of. Uh, first wave second wave third wave who knows of coronavirus infections which may very well lead us down the path of europe more economic restrictions that would be really bad news for a lot of these companies but good news for the stay-at-home trades which have um benefited um apple amazon um microsoft the big tech names obviously um as well as some of the athleisure companies which have benefited because no one's actually wearing uh you know professional tire anymore. So um, uh, we, the only thing that we can take away from these things is, yeah, third quarter was great, but what are we going to do? What's the fourth quarter going to look like? And we really do have to start thinking about what this current quarter is going to look like.
1: Definitely, Javier. And I think, Andy, going back to your point about takeaways from yesterday's results and what they may bode for today's results, I think Pinterest was one of those big goalpost-setting earnings that we had out in the past week or so. I mean, like Snap, which reported last week, that company just absolutely blowing away expectations, both Pinterest and Snap growing their revenue in excess of 50% over last year, driven by a pickup in ad sales Demand and just overall, uh, just a pickup in, of course, companies that are spending on marketing it, who had earlier on during the pandemic cut back on the discretionary spending. We also had active users there soaring 22%. And I think what this really means for Twitter and Facebook is that the bar is just set that much higher. I mean, we saw Pinterest shares jump more than 30% overnight after posting these results. We actually also saw Twitter and Facebook shares on the rise, too, in sympathy with that. So again, the market bracing for this potentially better than expected, better than feared environment here for these internet advertisers. Twitter especially having a little bit of pressure on that ad business, especially in the U.S., because of a lack of live sports. uh, The fact that the Olympics were pushed off. So that meant advertising around that and any kind of promotional activity had been deferred to next year. So a lot of optimism here on those ad driven internet giants. Now, the other company that I want to really highlight that we'll be getting results from is Apple. And that's the company that I'll be covering after market close today. And with that company third quarter results are really going to take a backseat here to the outlook for the fourth quarter and next year. And that's because, of course, Apple released the first 5G enabled iPhone 12 and iPhone 12 Pro just earlier this month that came actually at the after the end of the third quarter. So about a month later than this company typically uh, posts and unveils these new handsets. And I think just the demand overall is expected to be very strong, particularly in China of which had dealt with the coronavirus pandemic before the U.S. Consumer behavior there really on the upswing, that economy starting to pick up based on the data that China itself has been putting out. So I think a lot of anticipation here heading into this earnings call, more so than the earnings release for Apple, just to see what the company has to say around what the demand trajectory is going to be like heading into the holiday quarter.
0: Yeah, and Emily, a couple of other things maybe to pick up on. Um, you know, with Pinterest, for instance, and how that relates to Facebook, you know, that there is room for other social media platforms. I think Javier talked about Snap, um, perhaps, and, you know, the fact that um, Facebook's not just, is not the only game in town. So we'll see how Facebook, you know, what their numbers look like. I mean, they had that boycott also that they've had to um, navigate. So we'll see if that's reflected in the numbers at all there um and the other thing about apple that's interesting to me emily is you know with the possible action against google search coming from washington dc you know there's stories about apple maybe getting into that game itself um, so i always like it when you know how these companies sort of fare against each other and, and that to me is very interesting so speaking of big tech um segueing to our third story which is very much related The hearings yesterday in Washington, D.C., in front of the Senate Commerce Committee, uh, Sundar Pichai's CEO of Alphabet, along with Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, along with Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, as well as Square. I think it was a lot of theater, Emily. And I I don't you know, it's about Section 230. I think also this depends on the election a lot, ultimately, if anything's done here as well.
1: I think so, too, Andy. And I think just looking at some of the commentary coming out of this hearing, one of the set of remarks I really latched onto was from Sinan Aral, who is, of course, with MIT. He was on, on the move actually earlier yesterday. And one of the things that he mentioned is that Section 230 is essential, or just the idea of having a Section 230, which essentially means that these platforms themselves are not held legally liable for the content that's posted by third-party users to their platforms. And he's saying that it's essential to many lines of businesses, not just these social media platforms, but also companies like Wikipedia, the common section of New York Times and other media outlets, and to reviews like Yelp, for instance. But what he mentioned is that perhaps what's needed is a representative and legislative approach as opposed to something like Section 230 in its current form, which of course was from the FCC. And if you just take a look at those agencies, of course, those are politically appointed positions. His idea here being that something might actually need to be legislated from Congress in order to actually enact change here from these platforms, since a lot of the concerns that were brought up by the senators yesterday were recycled issues, right? I mean, uh, Republican senators worried about potential conservative bias on these platforms. And of course, Democratic lawmakers sort of pushing back against that. Uh, and again, of course, coming with timing wise ahead of the election. So I think something to watch here depending on how things shake out in the Senate post election and depending on who's in the White House.
2: Yeah, well you touched on a really important point and I think that um the, the 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 debate over whether or not these platforms are anti-conservative at this point is largely a sideshow. Um I think Republicans and Democrats have um are both attacking the platforms for different reasons. So at this point Um, If you believe the blue wave scenario and that imputes that the Democrats will have power next come January, um, you now have to, if you're one of these tech CEOs, you now have to confront the fact that while the conservative bias argument may be um, shifted to the side, uh, are the Democrats going to force you to break up your company? The current mood in the Democratic Party is they find the fact that they don't like large companies in general and large companies that make a lot of money or monetize outrage like Twitter and Facebook do because they share their you know their users are sharing stuff that may or may not be real, but at the same time, they're still drawing revenues from it. Um, you have to really concentrate your mind on what's re- real here, and the, what's real here is are the Democrats going to try and pull a Microsoft on you, which is to force the company to break up?
0: Yeah, and of course that speaks to the election. So stimulus speaks to the election. Uh, reforming Section Two Thirty probably speaks to the election as well. And I think it shows, you know, one 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 senator called Sunder Pachai Sunder Pickeye. Um, so, <laughs> to me, that was just emblematic of perhaps a lack of familiarity with the subject matter, shall we say. I'll just leave it at that. So the tech hearings wasn't the first, probably won't be the last, but we may not get another one this fall. We'll have to see about that. Big earnings today. You'll want to stay tuned to Yahoo Finance as we get to the close for all the biggies, Apple, Facebook, etc. And then uh, the market, boy, we're going to be waiting to see whether This uh, little downturn we have here gets even worse. This is the Market Wake Up by Yahoo Finance. I'm Andy Serwer, along with Javier David and Emily McCormick. Have a great day.